Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. My ass will always be relevant. It's quite a tush. I'll show you my reality, but am I just reality von teasing you? <laughs> Wait, that's really good. That's a solid. <laughs> I come correct. I have to be prepared. You truly did come correct. And thank you again so much, by the way, for flying from LA just specifically to record this episode. This in person so experience. I've been waiting so long to have my actual experience here in the holiest of holies. <laughs> In real life, looking at your actual face. I mean, this is quite a moment here in the office. It's like a virtual reality, but it's not virtual. It's IRL. And like for all of our ladies, friends, and NB friends at home, <laughs> y'all, it is an experience. <laughs> I walked in and was like, it is fully a set piece. Like this is an experience. It should be at BravoCon as a photo op opportunity. Like all of us getting to be the AG experience. Yes. It's truly amazing. There does need to be a little bit of an AG museum, but maybe the office is that. Like I have, there are kind of... Like on the walls, there's a lot of, I have like a wall, which was I was supposed to use for video recording, which one day I'll do. Sure, one we're getting there. Yeah. Although honestly, like the wall is nice because you get the like the, the graphic stuff in the background. But I like the few times I do a video, I like having all the dresses like in the it, background. The texture and yeah. the color yeah. of your actual wardrobe yeah. experience yes. looks so museum curated in the best possible way. Like the like young homosexual in me wants to play dress up in your gowns. <laughs> Like, it is truly amazing that, like, how do you not use that? Like, the I mean, video wall is lovely, but, like, the Clothis back wall experience here. <laughs> I mean, keep talking, number one. And number two, there are days where I truly shop the cloth. Yeah. Because I, I have the full-length mirror, so yeah. I'll, like, put on dresses, oh, yeah. stilettos, and just, just for me. Just I mean, with, like, an iced coffee or tea, just for me. Oh, I fully expect at the end of this that I get, like, a 10-minute musical montage mm -hmm. experience. You know, it's like, oh, I just turn around, and there you are in a new gown, and I we're mean, spinning, and there's a fade. <laughs> Merrily we roll along. Uh, don't we just. It's truly the theme. Um, so listen, I might as well introduce you, I guess, so that we can get this party started. I'm so excited to have this return guest who I have Zoomed with many, many times before, but very first time IRL in the cloth. So this is a total treat and delight. Uh, you know him as an actor, producer, and director whose credits include A Very Sordid Wedding and Southern Baptist Sissies, both streaming on Amazon. Welcome back to Andy's Girls, Emerson Collins. Emerson, how are we? Uh, I'm so good. <laughs> Y'all, I'm just going to giggle the whole time because it really <laughs> is like, oh, look, we can be RIL friends. I come to you. I chartered a plane. Uh, used that Sutton money. Like we flew to New York. I'm appearing in Chicago. I didn't even tell you this in advance. Also, when I'm here in New York producing a play, you all yes. at the International Fringe Encore series. It's called Wounded. Great. It's too. I mean, not great. You know, to be wounded, but yes, great, Correct. great, 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 great. Exactly. That it's a play. We love theater. Um, two middle-aged gay men from a small town in Texas. Uh, it's hilarious until it's incredibly dark and twisted by this wonderful playwright Jigs Burgess, and it's a very different kind of gay story, which is exciting. Obviously, for me personally, we're not coming out. 
out. We're not like yelling at our parents. It's like dark and twisty and Tennessee Williamsy. Um, and then when I booked these dates, though, I realized what it included is that Ariana Maddox opens in Chicago on Monday night. And did I buy myself a ticket to see it? Yes, I did. Oh my god, is it already happening on Monday? Monday night. Oh, okay, so you know what the issue is going to be because I have missed every single housewife. Bravo opening. So I've missed. I mean, for real, I've missed Candy. I've missed Erica Jane. I need to see Ariana, but I'm so upset that I didn't even put this. I thought she wasn't starting until March. Yeah. What no, month are we in? Jan oh, maybe January. Maybe that's she's ending, honestly. Yes, Fuck I think yes. Me. Oh but my also, God. it's still January. It's like, have we been in January for six months? I don't know. That's what it feels like. But my friend Max is in Chicago and I had texted him. Was like, Max are you? Essa? Yes. Are you staying it's, in the show? I, didn't even, I literally was like, who's a Max? <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> Broadway. <laughs> like, and, and I was like, are you staying in the You're show? You're going to go backstage. Um, yes, obviously. It's that is the goal wait a second and it's this coming monday yes okay i'm gonna see if i can get a press ticket <gasps> yes can i come with you yes okay did i buy a third row center seat <gasps> Shut yes up, i did. did you yeah i well, did this is the nice this just between us chickens correct as my as the tobes would say this is the nice thing about doing chicago versus like a new musical yes. is that it's been in its run for so long yes. that chicago is known and somewhat notorious for doing specific sort of tv style casting yes. for which has helped its why it has run for 20 years right it's yes. been here for literally 20 years but also like 150 years it's been here for <laughs> yes. forever and ryan king is actually still backstage somewhere <laughs> <laughs> like not letting her leave <laughs> and the nice thing about going to a show like to see ariana to see candy to see erica jane whoever else have there been other housewives in Chicago? There must have been. I feel Maybe like that's not. everybody. Okay. Interesting. Um, so oh, Lisa Rinna. Oh, of course. But before. Right. As she reminded us repeatedly <laughs> at the Capri room. Uh before. Yes, before. She was the one who started it all. She actually composed the music. Well, yeah, she was, she was the actually there. Yeah. She said, Fossey, I have some notes. Right. She I'm sure she would have had <laughs> she had the um ability uh to. But the nice thing is that because it's been going on for literally 150. Do I have moisturizer? on my face by the way oh. okay phenomenal because it's been going on for 150 years the nice thing is that like i don't think it's going to be super hard to get a ticket if you know what i'm saying totally like if you want to go to this you versus you will be able to merrily we roll along yes quite literally which yes. i saw last week or whatever yes it, it's it's it can be tough to get tickets to shows let alone whatever seat you want to get so yes. chicago i think if you if you want to go, you should be able to. You should be able to go. Yeah. Oh my God, it's going to be great. Yes, and I'm, and I also wanted to go because truly, like across the Bravo sphere, Ariana was the nicest to us, like the earliest. When in the you people's were on, couch. we haven't even mentioned the oh, People's Couch. The, Hello, uh -huh. the People's Couch. Like genuinely, a kind and wonderful person when it didn't yeah. matter. Like when I did Rent Live, she was the one that like tagged and messaged me and was incredibly supportive. So I'm excited and thrilled to show up as a fan and audience member to be like, uh, tear it up. I mean, there are certain people who have been so consistently generous to literally everyone. Yes. And Ariana is like very much at the top of that list. She has always been just really genuinely decent. And I've seen her in a number of circumstances, interacting with fans, with content creators, yep. whomever else. And she just goes out. of. She really, truly goes out of her way because I think she has an understanding that for many people meeting her, it's, I mean, likely their first time meeting her. And when you're meeting a Bravolev in person versus on TV, it's it can be an incredibly out-of-body experience. Yes. So I think she has a lot of grace about that yes. which, which is I rare. also think it's how she chooses to navigate the weirdness of like uh, like 
I'm not famous for a talent at that point. Like, I've, just because you know me. And what I would like to do is make this as real an interaction as possible yeah. on my side yeah. for me to be comfortable, too. Yeah. And the weird thing about the Scandival is, like, when you think of, of all of the... She's been able to monetize it, which is great. And she has all these opportunities. Chicago Dancing with the Stars. And it's like, a part of me wants to in- instinctively say, like, could it have happened to a better person? But then I'm like, no, the thing that I, actually happened is, like, your long-term partner fucked your good friend. Y- yes. Like, well, I, but I feel like it's still fair to say that at this point yeah because uh, she clearly understands and is like it nothing will undo the pain of that public experience as well but absolutely take every opportunity that comes as a result and like if you don't you're a fool i mean i could not be more excited that she's getting to use actual talents like actual yeah. things that she can do like you can't undo what happened but can you make the best of everything that lands in your lap as a result absolutely and please do so what are you feeling about Vanderpump Rules in advance of the season 11 premiere? It's it's in a matter of I know. Days. Well, it's funny. They're like, she's do, like all of this, the pub, the timing of oh all my God, of these the things timing of it, could not be more just perfect. That just occurred to me because yes. it's literally next week. Yes. So all of the press, like she can tie all of the press of the new season premiere to the Broadway run. Yeah. Like all of it wraps together and you have a reason to promote a real thing with your other weird job. I'm actually excited again. Like weirdly... There's been so much space and so much happening in the rest of the universe that it actually does now feel a while ago. And I am very curious to see how they manage the fallout. And I'm sort of excited to see. It seems there's going to be vaguely some resentment for the attention she's receiving from some people, like that it's going to be the sort of complicated nature of how fame interacts with your real lives, I think may become coming forward in their story and I kind of love that it's very fourth wally like these are famous people shooting a show pretending like they're not famous while they're shooting it mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see how it all rolls out what do you think is more likely from the perspective of audio uh, audience response do you think it's more likely that Tom Sandoval will have some sort of redemption season or do you think it's more likely and obviously both of these things in some way could happen or do you think it's more likely that people are going to turn on Ariana what do you think is going to be a realistic option. I think both. Okay. I because really I don't know not that he's going to have like a huge redemption, but I do think at some point there's sort of a, a a swing back reckoning that needs to acknowledge that like part of the reason it was so huge is because of the things we already said about who we all perceive her to be mm-hmm. made that sort of righteous outrage, but like at the end of the day a man cheated on his partner with someone that they know, which mm-hmm. isn't that uncommon a story. And the like international internet evisceration, I think there will be some people who swing back and sort of go like, okay, but it's also not the worst thing even a person on Bravo has done to a person on Bravo. And so I think some people will have some some grace for him, but I don't see it happening in the story. But I see it dovetailing with there's already some people who have been like, okay, but enough for her, enough for her. Yeah. That that she's going to still be in the place of like this happened not that long ago and i can see some viewers being like i'm sort of tired of that i will not be one but i think we will see a sort of nuanced mix of how we respond to the continuation of the journey and i think also obviously this is happening on reality tv it's happening while you know the episodes were then airing and the season had essentially just begun yes and Vanderpump Rules has always had a tabloid energy. Yes. It's always been like these weird kind of skeezy, yes. dirty, maybe sexy at best moments that are tawdry. And so for this to happen, however many 
10 seasons in when many of these people have grown up and we've seen them evolve and change. And also Sandoval's platform in many ways was attaching himself, I think, to Ariana's goodness. Like yeah. he used that. He used that to tell Stasi to shut the fuck up. Like yeah. he used that against Katie, obviously, times a thousand. Like yeah. he used that against cast members who were calling out what they felt was bad behavior. So I think there was a reckoning that was necessary. And within the lens of reality TV, it just honestly showed the power and influence of uh, the Bravo community. And of like how crafted perception still isn't reality. True. Because one thing I really respected, even though like as a viewer, you want, oh, we want to know everything. I really respected their decision to be like, we are a united front at work. And like whatever our things are, we're going to deal with them at home. Now, that doesn't make for the best reality television, but I really understand why they made that choice in their relationship. Ariana and Tom. Yes. And so getting having that facade broken at the same time. So it's like, oh, it wasn't always this great or whatever uh, presented the fiction within the fiction and that we all do right in our lives. I go to parties and I'm not going to tell you the worst thing that happened to me today. Yeah, obviously, because that's none of your business person. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm most curious to see how the rest of the cast, because they're not great at at hiding their intentions, though some of them attempt to. So watching them navigate, like, the show, the alliance, the allegiance, the events, like, how they play, so yeah. to speak, the rollout the af- of the aftermath, mm-hmm. I think will make for engaging soap opera television. And think about Jax for a second. Like, he got dragged, and rightly so, for saying he was the number one guy in this group. Was he yeah. said, and he was like, it's my show and whatever yeah. else. And, yeah. and LVP was like, LOL. <laughs> and now there are a group of people who have become, I mean, to outside of the Bravo yes. community, a, a known quantities, a, a known commodity. So how do you then go back into film? How is that going to affect you if you're like able to put a down payment on a weekend house because of selling merch? I yes. mean, like that's a pretty big fucking deal and for a show that's ostensibly in many ways about ego and like out of control <laughs> ego correct i know that there's that line of like what lala says about ariana or what we're what we believe is Co- said about right. we don't have any context yet but when it comes to like how maybe a lot of people are going to hold on to maybe bitterness about maybe the worm with a mustache is like it's not just that it's the phrase it's like how you were able to monetize these right. things the fact that Sandoval was not he was already bleeding money he yeah. was already doing that stupid ridiculous yes completely insane tour which yes. was honestly one of the crazy I covered it for the Daily Beast it was the most fun I've ever had writing a piece because uh, at one point I just listed what he did on stage yes. and I, I just to list and like he played the bongos he wore a backwards hat like it just was like just it was phenomenal it was a phenomenal night it was very like von dutch the musical it was to read the way you described it like it was (laughs) as the perfect way to put it but it it i wonder about some of the bitterness not only maybe that other bravo loves have about the amount of attention that vpr got but also how the cast is going to interact with each other and maybe use a surge in popularity against each other. I well, absolutely, and there's there is an interesting thing that like everyone, not just Ariana, basically everyone in the cast profited, whether in attention or financially yeah, or their podcast. That's true. That's true. Uh, off of like what happened to the two of them, you know, because like the number of podcasts, like Sheena, all the merch, the shirts, the yeah. Uh, so everyone won, but Tom and Tom. 
probably. But like Tom off at Summer House. It was interesting. I mean, Winter House, you know, whatever. They were at a house. One of the houses. The snow. Yeah. The snow one. <laughs> the But even that was really interesting because I watched that and was like watching him leave to go shoot the reunion and come back to this like totally other adventure. It was interesting of like, oh, right. You all still had lives happening while all of this is rolling out for all of us. Yeah. yeah I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm on board. I mean, they are the most delightfully trashy of our soap operas. And the thing with the Toms is, like, sure, was Tom Sandoval, I'm sure, trying to just figure out how to survive this? Because, like, when the literal entire world hates you, that's a lot. But also, he got off on the attention. For Uh, Tom, this is, like, the amount of attention. So to say he didn't monetize it, sure, his his banking account didn't. That is absolutely true. And who knows what's going on with Schwartz and Sandys. But also, the fact that people, including myself, were like, what's the future of Vanderpump Rules? Last season was a flop. I have no expectations for season 10. Like, who knows what's going to happen? And now for them, there's no question that Vanderpump Rules has a a spot on Bravo's calendar for the next, I would assume, while. You know, like, there's no way that that's not going to happen. You know, there's no way that it's not going to continue. And something that all of them outside of Ariana have to be a little bit aware of, right? It's like, oh, we're mad at you for this thing that you did to our friend, but also it's now secured our bag for a a, a while longer. It's just interesting and complicated how it all intersects, but it has me going, I can't wait to watch. I also, so I recapped Bethany's podcast journey with Rachel for AG Classic, Mm -hmm. and it was a fucking lot. I do feel like I have... It's not that I have a feel like I have a responsibility. I just feel like if I'm able to do it just with the number of AG classics that are coming out, if I'm able to like listen to Rachel's new pod, just yes. maybe like the first two episodes and recap it for AG, I would love to do that because I do actually think one of the major critiques coming out of Bethany's interview was that it, Bethany had a list of questions to seemingly back up what she was doing with the reality reckoning. She didn't have awareness of what was happening on Vanderpump right. Rules. And her goal was likely different from ours. Yes, I don't what know we what, wanted from that. Right. I yes. don't know what Rachel's goal is. And also Rachel's new pod is produced by Bethany. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure. To, of course. Yeah, uh, obviously. That's what I'm done. <laughs> so like I, those financial questions continue. As a but, recovering like, <laughs> Bethany, I understand. <laughs> I know, as a Bethany Stan in recovery. Like, yes. Absolutely. Oh, no, like we've, I know I've said this, but like across the Housewives universe, for better or for worse, I am, I would come off closer to Bethany probably than anyone else. If and you were actually on, on a show. Okay, and I mean, Bethany is a housewife, not Bethany Post, like in the TikTok, like the, the Post universe, yeah. but the like on television. Yeah. The good, the bad, mm-hmm. the mouthy. That's yeah. my truth. Honestly, AGs, let me know if you want me to, because people might not be interested in hearing it. But I, I do actually think it's going to be fascinating because from what I've heard about her podcast, and I haven't had an opportunity to listen to it yet, she does say that something, I'm going to fuck up this up, so I apologize, but like something along the lines of like Schwartz always knew. Like he was actively lying about when it is that he found out. And that to me is incredibly interesting. I would love to hear Katie's reaction to that. I would love to hear Katie hold Schwartz accountable for that. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I I saw that clip. And first of all, please tell her that she should do this because what oh. I love most about well, because you all know I'm no. I'm like a deep I'm a deep Bravo person. Yeah. But also I can only keep up with so much of the ancillary work. Like mm. I literally depend on you to like tell me the things that I didn't see on the episodes because to give me the context. And I think her podcast response is a really important piece of the greater yeah. thing because hearing all of the voices on all the sides as much as possible, I think is still important, particularly with the women, like as as a woman and like what we do to the person who is the cheater versus the person in the room, mm. you know, he got plenty, but 
uh, the the way she said he knew, I'm curious to see how that unfolds. Because to me, it didn't yet fall out of the like, he knew that they originally hooked up. That was what he said. And then did we know throughout? So I didn't know if it was like, in her perception, he knew every every moment the entire time or that like early episode versus does that do you follow say that one more time there was like i thought he said at one point he knew that they hooked up and right. then way later knew oh it's a thing that's happening like a lot and headed towards whatever i don't think i think he was saying on camera that he didn't know that they fucked i don't gotcha. think he i don't know i, could I be, honestly don't know i know this is why i can I only keep so much it. Um, but I think that's really good and interesting to hear. I also have a there's a weird thing for me, not that it's right, but sometimes with like your your ride or die best friend, there's an element of like, I I am for you mm. publicly, mm-hmm. regardless of what I am saying to you personally. Sure. That like we as viewers obviously can judge and whatever, but also in my real life. I mean, I have like three or four people that like, mm-hmm. no matter what you did, anywhere, anything, publicly, I'm gonna be like, I am with you, I am beside you, I am in it, even if privately I'm like Get your shit together. You're in this right. is bonkers. You have right. destroyed your life, whatever. So I still have less for him because like you didn't like knowing and being a bystander isn't the same as like doing the actions. So I have less direct heat for Schwartz in my heart than some people I do. Understand that. He's just always gotten away with being less of a piece of shit because he's been able to seem adorable. Oh, absolutely. For and being the no like big issue beta. With Kata, Kata, with Kata, he's had no <laughs> words are hard, you guys. Uh-huh. I've dropped five hundred. Mm-hmm. Um he's had no issue seemingly with like Katie being dragged, including by his best friend. Oh yes. The well, spotlight wasn't on him. So yes. it's it's high time that I mean, he gets some pushback. I never I did never understand that like Schwartz allowed the conflict between Katie and Sandoval to exist publicly so the gross. way it did. Like they're, so gross. I, my equality goes like we can all fight, right? But like the way in which you fight with people like does matter. Yeah, and with the way in which you fight with people that someone you love loves matters. Right. You know, if you're a stranger on the street, I yell at you differently than like even if I cannot stand you. If you're the partner mm-hmm. of one of my closest friends, there's an inherent respect for your friend, even if not for their partner. That should be included and that that was sort of always out the window and allowed and fine. Yeah, that was definitely always hard for me. And he did do that whole thing like post scandal. I remember when Schwartz went on Jackson Brittany's podcast and was talking about like taking a distance, like taking some distance from his relationship with Sandoval and just having a little bit of a timeout. And I always kind of wondered like how much of that is real? Like how much of that is you telling us that you're holding this person accountable versus you telling us what you know we want to hear? And weird that that's where I go. I would have more respect for you if you were like, he is my friend and you all can say whatever you want. He and I have talked about how I feel about it. But like it felt like a the same thing the like no spine move to like take the heat off of me without like taking a stance in it either like do yeah. one or the other it is i mean the fact that like i could literally talk about scandal all yeah day. wait oh can i randomly subject change entirely Absolutely. because i realized i haven't told you this i had my birthday party in december at the capri Happy birthday. room oh my god at buca de beppo how was it y'all everyone listening at home the entire pandemic when we couldn't like do a lot and we were afraid to go anywhere blake and i would get in the car and we would just drive like the freeways around los angeles you know just like oh this is safe like we can walk to the car go for a drive Love. go home okay and so our loop included the 101 through Encino and you can see the Buca de Beppo like lights like from the freeway and we would always be like ah the Capri room and so it's now been two and a half years or whatever and I was like we have to go I had my actual like small party at my house and I was like on the actual day we're going and so five of us went I called ahead 
And I was like, hi, I can't be the only person who wants this, but I specifically want to make a reservation in the Capri room. That's not available on the website or whatever. I was like, how is this a missed opportunity? And the guy was like, yeah, I think so. I was like, no, no, no. Like, I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want the manager table. I don't want one of those random other rooms. No, like, you need to be with I said, lemons. I'm specifically yeah. coming for Nine the housewife's experience. Next to some spaghetti. Um, and he was like, yes, okay, I think that's fine. And then he called back and he was like, wait, no, there's like a group party coming in at nine. I was like, we will come at any time. Yeah. So we get our reservation, me and Blake and three of our friends go. We get a corner table in the Capri room. I will say in person, it looks better than it even looked on television. Well, that's not... Hard to achieve. Yeah, it's a low bar. On our one, Blake still loves to say that on Watch What Happens Live, our one appearance on the show where we got (laughs) to be real guests for our People's Couch reunion, but it was during the pandemic. So we were still at a home and didn't go to the clubhouse. By the way, while I'm here, my hotel is two blocks from the Watch What Happens Live studio. Be, be like, hey guys. But I was like, I would go. We have shows every night. Um, his one comment on the show was about Dorit. Like, just hanging some lemons from the ceiling does not make you a decorator. <laughs> that, that was his, like, bravo opinion. But in person, I took dialogue. I still haven't published them. My birthday was December 20th, you all. Um, but I made all of us do, like, lines from the episode that at some point I will edit with the real lines oh to post God, for everyone to see. That. And I definitely did the Brandy Glanville. Like, I sucked her fucking clit. Uh, line at the top of my lungs in the (laughs) Capri room. How'd that go over? Well, the other, I I did wait for like the party of like 15 beside us to leave, but they were definitely resetting for the like banquet coming in after us. And there was not a flinch from the lovely employees resetting the room. I was like, I am also not the first person to yell that line of dialogue sitting at one of these tables. I wouldn't even think of that. I would just want one of the plastic lemons. I just Um, really want one for the clawfest. I will show you after because it's not a great visual experience for everyone at home. But Blake and I definitely took the photo that matches Dorit and the chef and the owner like standing in front of the photo and one of the lemons was stuck down in a plant. (gasps) Did you take it? I sure did and have it at my house. I feel like they have to just understand that they need to replenish those lemons because we're going to take those lemons. Well, and we definitely were in the, I am not pulling off the wall, but this one had fallen clearly and was just stuffed in a plant. And so I was like, well, that's my party favor for my birthday. I don't really have a problem with people taking lemons. And we, this is now a thing because it's like we did Blake's birthday five years ago at the quiet woman. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we drove an hour and 15 minutes from Los Angeles down oh to The Quiet Woman. Have I told you that story? I don't remember. The uh, For everyone at home, just a lark, like an hour drive with two of our friends. Hilarious. We get seated in the booth. That's uh-huh. not my fucking plate. Yeah. You fucking bitch. Of course. And then they move us to another table that was actually better. Two hours into our dinner, the waiter comes over and says, I know why you're here. Um, and she's coming in <gasps> to celebrate her birthday. So Shannon Bedore walked in oh my God. while we were there, I would die. sat two tables away, I would die. and they brought her cake and Blake's cake at the same time. I would die. Um, you're welcome. And then on that night, we got in the window and did uh, Peggy Suleiman and Kelly Dodd with the like mouth on the window. Raspberry. Yeah. And the photo of me making the raspberry on the window in the background, you can see Shannon's blonde hair in the photo. That's magical. That's yeah. a magical so, moment. The you know, the SoCal tour of Bravo experiences. I'm extremely into it. And you know what? Listen, I feel like we've had such a historic week for Bravo. Uh, I do want to get your thoughts on all things Salt Lake. I am fascinated by this experience. And I'm actually excited to chat about it with you because I know that I'm in a vaguely different place, I think, than than a lot than some people 
on like the impact of the Monica of it all, of the like what it means for like the fan to the stock to the show to the journey, uh-huh. um, and what it did for the show. Okay. Because my Salt Lake City problem currently okay. is that I don't believe any of these women are friends anymore. They are all they are coworkers who have a job that they do together. The like the relationships from the beginning of the show, like Heather and Whitney. Oh, we're cousins and we're friends. And that fell apart across like multiple television shows. Girls trip. Thank you. And then the Lisa Meredith hot mic moment that like they will never recover from. Yeah. But they spent all season like hugging and dancing around mm-hmm. the thing. That series, the meta storylines have had a huge impact for on the like success of this show because those four women in the beach and then like Tableau. One of my favorite moments of the entire season was Whitney like reaching (laughs) and like knowing she needed to, but like her body carrying the energy of like, I don't want to. Mm -hmm. So like the falseness of that amongst them was high art comedy for me of like, we're all reunited because of this external force. Like that, the external forces have like held the core of that show together for me. Do we follow even if we don't agree? I do. I just, I'm confused at the friendship of it all because I mean, Beverly Hills. Oh, agreed. I don't even mean that it's different. How is it different from, it's just a, it's just an understanding that their relationships have forever changed. Kind of. And that there isn't any remaining like, friendship friendship like say like beverly hills like i do think kyle and dorit are real friends even though they're co-worker friends like not like they hang out all the time as kyle keeps reminding us they don't travel together as often yeah. as dorit is saying like there's some real in the friendships and for me when i look at them the core four on on salt lake uh-huh. i'm like i don't believe there's any real like engagement as like friend friends not at work i think it's hard to figure out the difference between like a friend a colleague an ally I, Fair. I don't. I, I. I totally hear what you're saying. I just think there's a lot of goodwill that they have for each other coming out of the reunion. Well, yes, but that's what I guess that's what I'm saying is that like there wasn't like right. this right. returned goodwill to this foursome sure. who were like just at work, like just at work for me in the season prior to the like to the bombshell. Because for me, if like the bombshell hadn't happened, it was like a Monica made a season happen while the other four like danced at very faux attempts at recovering relationships for me. I think it still would have been a great season. I just think that Monica was actively involved in a lot of the drama coming out of it, like the Finsta account, the Meredith stuff. The Mer- it's it's possible, actually, that the women would have been able to find goodwill in each other more quickly had they not been dealing with plot that was created seemingly by Monica to stir drama, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. I'm just saying that, like, if the issue is that they might not be real friends, the argument could be that they could have done that journey earlier in the season and possibly maintained it had they not been dealing with a lot of, you know, stuff yes. that was created for and I the think show. I hear, and I hear why it's confusing. It's like the recovery scenes for me this season, like the early Meredith Lisa recovery, yeah. like the Whitney and Heather, were like the least believable, I would say. I agree. Of the recovery scenes I've seen on franchises in a while. So I think that's more what I mean, is that we weren't achieving for me any pretense of like real return Hmm. to like neutral, like doing, we're making a show again ground. 
By contrast comparison, the Beverly Hills women this season in the first half had done actually a lot for me of showing that like we're trying to actively have fun. Erica, Erica Sutton and, and they achieved yeah. it. Like that Vegas morning where they were like laughing about Sutton's dating, where they were like picking and poking felt like actual fun. Yeah. Like no, nobody is sitting at this table ready to launch to punch. Mm-hmm. And so there was actual joy in each other's company again. And I guess that's sort of the contrast I'm getting that like getting into drag, like every time there was a moment in Salt Lake City that could have been, oh, let's like all jump in together to have actual fun didn't get there for me. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is looking for Dorinda on the Upper East Side. Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Paris is always a good idea. And when I schlep on over to Europe to my favorite city in the world, I bring with me a few important phrases that I have learned from housewives. C'est bon, c'est bon. Chic, c'est la vie. Je m'appelle the Countess. N'est-ce pas, Luan? <laughs> and while those key phrases are important when speaking to any French bravoholic for other matters of life, That's where Rosetta Stone comes in. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including, of course, French. It features fast language acquisition. It immerses you in so many ways. There's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, to listen, and to think in that language. It's an intuitive process. You pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. J'adore Chris Manzo. Et toi? There's a speech recognition filter which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's convenient with desktop and app options. And it's an amazing value. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. A steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. 
That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDESGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDESGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Row, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to Roe.co slash Andesgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash Andesgirls. Sign up today. I just came back from the salon, and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. 
believable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. And maybe it, it wasn't actual fun, although I do think that they had fun, but they all certainly jumped in together by the tail end. Well, like, yes. that certainly existed. And I'm fascinated to see where the core four go. I mean, I, there is an right. element of and like... Let us not forget Angie Kay. And I have to say, like, you know, ignoring the like giant of it all, I actually thought Angie provided really great work. Yeah. As a housewife this season. Agreed. I really enjoyed what she did. And I really enjoyed how she performed at the reunion. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the big piece so overwhelms. But I was like, she jumped in and landed well. I enjoy mm-hmm. her family stuff. I enjoy the way she felt pulled and pushed between the people and was actively engaged. And I was fascinated by the like Whitney thing where she's caught in the middle. Like, I really enjoy her as the new and I sort of mean the core for her only because of the like the beach moment that and then her being sort of excluded as the newer woman from the major fight but yeah. she like got her feet deep in very excited for her to continue so I have to ask you after the um finale aired we got exclusive interviews Monica was interviewed by uh, Louis Staples for New York Magazine's The Cut and Kate Arthur interviewed Heather as well as uh, Andy and people associated with production for Variety Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to read those pieces I do encourage that people read them and I'm getting into them in a Patreon episode I'm recording where I'm doing like a full reading reaction and then Satchels of Gold from AG's specific to what they thought about the Uh, end of the reunion and just the season and moving forward as a whole. Um, So there's that. When it comes to like Monica's perspective, Heather's perspective, do you feel yourself connecting with one or the other? It's funny. And I think this is where I really do see both sides of this in certain ways. The, you know, there's an element of one, it took both of them, like it's everyone's performance created the thing that we enjoyed. Also, sidebar, Kate Arthur is by far my favorite of the major press, like covering the world. I appreciate that she's always for like a high media deep and getting to places we can't always get through other things. Mm. Loved that piece and loved Heather's perspective on it. 
Um, I've really enjoyed the way Heather's articulated post all of this. The feeling I loved the like win of her jumping in, in, in all of this. I'm fascinated by how the hypocrisy of the like Jen versus Monica of it all continues to play out. I just really think there's a fascinating way we sort of reveal the difference, the the difference we give a friend versus an adversary in 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 those situations. And also calling an adversary a friend. That- like Heather's reactions on Watch What Happens were why like there is a moment I was re-watching a clip um because an account posted it and I'm so thankful that they did because I honestly like was running high when I watched the episode itself when I was watching that uh watch what happens like the night that it aired where she's talking about the fact that like ho- hopefully Jen is happy about you know the fact that Monica was pushed out and I'm just thinking to myself why are we it just it just there are these little glimpses of things in a continued kind of dynamic yeah. where Heather is speaking positively about Jen and like thinking of her and communicating that where I'm like fuck me and Andy's reaction was I think what a lot of us felt yes. in watching that which was just complete sort of disgust it is the one like shock at least it is the one point that I felt like they didn't respond well to from Monica of the like you're more angry at me than you have at any point demonstrated in response to the person you considered a friend using all of your goodwill to defend her that I felt like was really valid and still hasn't been answered well and that 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 sort of comment I think is still an insight into of the like you still have complicated feelings with your friend that we're still not getting the like it was unequivocally evil and I'm like furious and I'm embarrassed that I like stood for her for so long you know the things that to me would be easier to say now and and not being willing to admit them in the moment in order to make your adversary in the moment stay wrong 100 percent. yeah it's like they have some of them have come we're really honestly at this point i think it's just heather has complicated feelings in what's been communicated to us in the last several yes. days and, and maybe that's also true is that like heather seems to have a complicated approach in talking about jen that she doesn't have about monica yes. she does not seemingly have any complicated feelings about monica she takes monica at her word that based on her behavior there's no redeeming quality or path which is interesting when you do compare Monica to Jen because it's like not it's not comparable to me it's just you can that still acknowledges I think that like Monica is a deeply toxic person I also think Heather is complicated too and has some not great character traits and does not take responsibility in the ways that she's suggesting Monica only should you know like a lot of these people are behaving in ways that like people feel the uh, um, people feel like the only path is to like negate the reality of some of Heather's problematic behavior because that's the only way to acknowledge empathy that people feel for her experience. Yes. And you can do both at it's, the same time. It's yes. complicated, but you ideally we're not denying the reality of some aspects of what occurred and we can carry that and also carry, I have a lot of empathy for this person also carry like the impact of what Monica did. But I think trying to figure that out let alone on social media lol is really tough because this is like the weirdest part of allyship like with monica people who stand monica are like every single thing that you did is giving queen energy versus like okay you can appreciate this person on the show but we don't have to say that like driving by someone's i've watched the final part of the reunion now like four times (laughs) of course driving by someone's house maybe 20 times and doing these things and and truly being 
a kind of a flop in her reactions on the reunion. Like, are we celebrating her for doing this? Right. Are we denying that some of this stuff is like very toxic? It's interesting because I I I in being empathetic, obviously, for these women and the challenge of like living your lives, I felt like a lot of truth was revealed in the, you know, Heather really talking about, and the women have all said it, but really drove home the point of that the way people engaged on social media with housewives. Yes. That like the the challenge always becomes people that are responding with a nuance. I would like to have a conversation with you about some complicated things mm-hmm. about how I'm perceiving you always get lost to the most bonkers responses. And so that is all these women see. You know, it's like your one like lovely paragraph about like, I really enjoy you, but this feels a little off and you know, whatever gets lost to the like most insane thing a person can say. And so they rarely receive that from the fan base, right? The 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 nuance takes and the pain that that causes, like making it impossible to go on your social media, regardless of our nuance, like no one deserves that. No one should have that. And how strong that feeling is created the like wall for Monica, because I am a little bit in the category of like, from what I saw of the evidence, I have not seen it all. I really do understand the like, we started this to take down Jen. I really do follow that thread and then fully also see, because where I thought, I've always wanted to start a reunion coaching business, by the way. (laughs) Be like, women, we're available to provide services to talk about. Here's obviously the things from the season you're going to need to address. Oh, no, wait, I don't want you to do that. I don't want them to be better prepared. We don't we don't want that. I don't want to I don't want a pageant coach energy. I want you to not perform well. That's what makes reunions great. But I also well, some of it's, though, because to me, Monica could have presented better at the reunion totally in a way that it would have still made good television yes, like 100%. i'm not trying to reduce the conflict okay, what would you have... i'm trying to better present the arguments okay because to me she would have put the other women in a more interesting position to respond to if after because she'd said we started it as this we were showing the things that she was saying and when heather says seeing me tagged in this terrible comment five times a day for six weeks because you want to grow your account was painful for me personally And so if she had said, once I met all of you and really understood what that meant, we did not consider the collateral damage that you all were. We did not think about what that could say, how that could make you feel that she said it. We thought it was important that people know this is what she says about her friends. Imagine whatever. Like there was room to force the women to reckon a little bit more complicatedly. Mm hmm. Right, that's a word. That's a, um, it's welcome to Andrew's. Yeah, so thanks. That's fine. Yeah, uh, with what she did before we get to the like, and then I also see how something that starts reasonable, right? I want people. I want to expose this person. I want to do this. How you can fall down your own rabbit hole that does arrive at you driving past a person's house twenty times, hoping to get footage because now you're obsessed with growing your account and attention, and it's just not. And it's not just about exposing, right? It's about oh, we're getting it's the endorphin rush of yeah. like the attention I'm getting for what sort of started theoretically as a as a positive tool in my mind, right? That would have been more interesting to watch the women respond to than just like, I'm going to give you middle school bo- retorts that get us nowhere and just keep saying the same thing over and over. Totally agree. Absolutely understand that. But also with Monica acknowledging some of this, I think that would be difficult. And the thing, one of a few things that stood out for me, many things that stood out for me in that Variety interview with Heather was like, 
her talking, and I think it was during that Variety article, was her talking about the fact that the thing that wasn't really driven home at the reunion was the fact that Monica was stalking the cast, that she was still posting from the account and saying things about the cast up until potentially the filming of the Bermuda trip. Like that was still going. She was still, that's why she didn't want to, I mean, to me, this is me saying this, that's why she didn't, there are many reasons why she didn't tell the women that she was running that account or had participated in the account. And one of them was because ostensibly somebody was still communicating about that account. You would right. think if you were a part of this cast now that you would be advising your five other friends or whatever to not, not to, to stop. Right. And a, a, allegedly that I allegedly that did not happen. In addition to that, if Monica is applying some of her skill set skill set in following Jen if she was doing that on social that's a real fucking issue like heather talking about the fact that this woman tracked me she was like writing shit on social when i did a, unfollowed or followed or whatever else they there was constantly a tracking taking place and when monica did that throwaway line that was like one of several things that did not land of like well you guys loved the account you had so much fun whatever else you're looking at the reams of unacknowledged tags obviously the women at that time did not want to be associated with the account or interact aside from Angie K delighting in the takedown of Angie H like yes there there was not that relationship so to call the women hypocritical or disingenuous because they didn't like when you're you know sharing texts of Jen calling Heather Shrek while I don't know that Heather totally understands that that wasn't written by that was weird to Monica. me that we didn't follow she that. She continues to say that, and I'm like, yeah. But you understand that this is the sharing of receipts. So why aren't we talking about? Maybe it's because I feel like Jen is no longer. But like, why aren't you saying I'm really mad? Why aren't we including the fact that you're you should be saying ideally I'm really mad that like Jen said that about me? Yes. Why is Monica getting all of the hate that should also include the person who actually said and wrote these things? Yes, that and, continues. To and be that's kind of what I mean because it was like there. You can absolutely say like uh, that that my friend said these things is. So hurtful but to we're me. Skipping that first part, Th yeah, we're going straight I, to the second. And I think you need to say the first part to bolster yeah. the argument of the second part. That like, I, but that's me to deal with with my friend or my former friend or whatever. But I want to talk about how you were the person who made it public continuously. Like you, sometimes you do have to caveat so that we know that you comprehend. Well, and the whole issue with the cast is that there was never that caveat. That's what Andy is talking about yes. with the whole, like, I tried to get a sense of why you guys weren't mad at Jen last season, and it was inexplicable to me. It was inexplicable the ways that people continue to defend her. And that continues to be a question mark. Taking into account the trauma and abuse that they have endured as a result of having Jen in their lives, who is a terrible, awful, yes. monstrous person. She's a bad yes. person. So like acknowledging that, why are we still engaging in the kind of behavior that subverts Jen, not subverts, subverts? That, well, I mean, certainly that, skips around, right? That skips around Jen because it does not it, it does not add up in a way that continues this kind of pattern. And I say that noting again that like Jen's no longer on the show. And I do think that there is an understanding of like, we don't want to continue to constantly reference her because right. we don't want to be attached to her. We don't want to be associated with her. Yeah, That's all fine and good. But we're still that still we still need to hear that acknowledgement because we're trying to catch up with 
the anger we felt last season when it was dead ass silence at yes. the most important point. And also we're like, and as human beings, we're to me, that's the least hard thing to acknowledge. Like I can't, I will, ne- we, we, none of us will really be able to relate to the like sitting on the reunion couch trying to like navigate your own feelings and your experiences hours, and arguments and things yeah. and you know, other things are coming and you're holding in between. Like, but that to me is like the slam dunk home run. I don't even fault people for like, look, until we knew for certain I'm standing with my friend publicly. Like until I know, okay, great. But we all knew. So at that point, we all know why was that so hard to say the normal human being thing? Because we're talking about an online troll, but somebody who destroyed the lives of elderly people intentionally. Like that is a fundamentally different We never got that from Meredith and Heather. We got that from Meredith until she changed her mind. Right. We never got that from Meredith and Heather. And so we're getting that energy now, but it's being directed to Monica, which I'm honest, which again, I'm not like saying I don't get, I get it. But if you're skipping ahead, right. the amount of caring that people have, some some viewers have in watching this is directly connected to like, so it is, so you guys are able to communicate and when someone the, behaves yes. poorly yes. And, and say that their behavior was immature and toxic and whatever else. We still can't get past the fact that you never did that for Jen and you're still not entirely doing it. And the weird thing of, of launching the arguments always with, we went through this once already and we're not going to take it again. You know, like saying that, like, yeah. like trying to compare, like we went through this with Jen with a, a toxic friend and now we're not going to take it anymore is still skipping the like anger at the actual Jen stuff and like making them equivalent and still going around it. Yeah, it's hard to uh, hold a, a reunion part of a reunion, a three part reunion, which I fucking loved. I'm, every I'm bit. saying that. Love, yes. love, 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 love the finale. No Obviously. middle episode dip, like everything great. It's everything. I mean, yeah, but Compa- part three, comparatively, part three delivered in a way that will sit with me for a while, honestly. Yeah. I was like, there's so much here to unpack. Noting that it's just hard when it comes to a reunion, obviously built around a lot of frustration and upset and not. And knowing that it is possible to communicate that because obviously all of these women are human people. They have every right to feel a level of frustration, anger, betrayal, everything else. It's just tough because we needed that so desperately from Meredith and Heather at last last year's reunion. And we didn't get that. And so it's like, I want to respect your feelings right now. But I also have feelings of my own about your silence. And it's like, again, holding many things. I don't feel the need to say, well, the way that they feel right now is the only way the person could ever feel. And they did a great (laughs) job. And also nothing ever happened prior that would influence my opinion. here. Right. And and then because also the thinking about like the real versus not versus online versus crime versus whatever when we finally got to the black eye of it all yeah and like hearing the the things heather said in jest along the road that i did not know were said at various book events specifically the like things about production or producers can i stop you right there yes Uh, it wasn't said in jest she made a comment about a producer that was said in jest connecting production with um, potentially having a role in the eye. But a lot of that stuff was not said as a theory. That is literally not what happened. So you can have it, not you, but oh, like yeah. people can have an argument about whether or not she was right to do these things. You can have that argument, but we have to acknowledge that she said things not as a theory. She said things intentionally saying, this is what happened and production can't talk about it because of an Airbnb. She never said, video I posted last year, people I've heard from, which I'm talking about on 
on that um, Satchel Spectacular Patreon who were there yep. in the audience on the book tour when she said these things. She was not posing it as a joke. She was not posing it as a theory. She was saying the stuff happened. So I'm sorry. And it's not saying that yep. what she didn't experience. I'm not denying all that. But I am saying she's not accountable for what happened. And she continued to try to skirt it at the reunion. And thank God Andy was there to be like, no, it wasn't it wasn't a joke. It obviously isn't funny. The issue with what was done at the reunion was the fact that it was focused on production and not what she also said about her cast members being involved, right. which also wasn't a joke and wasn't a theory. And see, and that's where, you know, right in in the levels of like, we can't apples and oranges and some things and whatever. But I was like, that is really intense. You know, and I appreciated that Andy really said, like, you're not talking about people's jobs and reputations, because it's one thing for us to play in the reality of storyline and whatever. But those kind of accusations go beyond the like, I got mad at somebody at a party. Well, it's a crime. And, and, and like, you are implicating It's people. potentially a crime. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't know of what course. happened. But, but it is an act that stemmed from some amount of boundary crossing and potential violence. Yeah. And the fact that Jen still remained in the cast after that and the cast members weren't aware of the fact of what this woman could do physically to right. them is a real fucking issue. Because from a safety perspective, that's bad for production. That's bad for the crew who has yeah. to be around Jen to film with her. It's bad for her cast members. This woman is like a danger to people on the show. And we don't know what happened with right. her. And we know that she was involved in the eye. We don't know if she, and I'm sorry for being sp explicit, but like if she punched Heather, we don't know if it came as her knocking into, we don't know, but we do know she was involved in that. And yeah. that is a serious, serious issue. Yeah. And, and, and also, and like still leaving room for the fact that Heather clearly had a, Tra traumatic not to not to use this word like lightly but like an abusive friendship totally with this i think woman. it was quite literally an abusive and, friendship and, and so certainly jen is an abuser yes the but like not wanting to put a name and me let like i'm let, okay give with putting a name on it i really the, am like there are certain times where i dance around stuff but like we need to be really honest she was an abusive person she abused people's money by stealing it she well, abused yes. people's potential reputations she was in an incredibly toxic boss lol she was an in incredibly toxic friend yeah no idea about her relationships with some other people who are in her lives right. day to day, but yeah. like she was not, she was toxic and a negative, negative force yes. for a lot of people. But and then so that being like a, an, an impact on Heather that like I cannot directly relate to, and and feeling like that's some of what's involved in mm. the complicated presentation of this, and so leaving all the room in the world for how you need to navigate your own healing from an abusive friendship, but when you bring other people into right, it does the, not into you your that. way around right. the excusing that is fundamentally different. And I and I hear that acknowledging that people react to being in a traumatic situation in different ways. So it's not saying you're not saying that I, I I'm saying. This, but you tell me I'm right uh -huh. that you're not saying that with the assumption that everyone needs to react to trauma in a way that is makes sense to me or that right, right or that is uncomplicated or like why you defended for a long time and the fear that you have of this hold, person absolutely hold space for that and I also 100 percent 100 thousand percent hold space for Heather saying at a certain point I was in a cycle of yes. guilt and shame and I did not know how to get out of this lie. Yeah. Listen, this is different circumstances with different stakes, and we have the benefit of not being on reality TV. But I really have to say, I, I 
I don't know a single person in this universe who could not think about a moment in their life yes. in which they lied and then could, couldn't could figure out could how... could not get out of the thing that I, I said. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely done things I have in as my... Well. Yes. And in my life that have lasted for years where I'm just... And sometimes the lie is quiet. Yeah. Where I'm just like, I don't know how to get out of this. And it's attached to, to trauma. It's attached yes. to shame. Yes. So I... I totally get that. And I totally get the cast being like, we have grace for you. We we um, are sorry. You're. I thought Whitney communicated beautifully. And yes. Merit, like, we're sorry that you went through this. Yeah. All of that is very valid and very real. And also being in the, it does not give you the right. It, and it's incredibly insensitive to use the I to sell books, which she said on social, like, buy my book and find out which people took literally like, if right that like it's was in a the joke, last page of the book that right. i understand she may have put as a joke but it's not funny because you have people on social media who are greatly concerned that you were in a violent situation who are concerned for your safety yeah and to say buy my book is so dismissive and disrespectful not only to your experience but to the experience of viewers who may have been in violent situations in their life who might find all of this incredibly triggering in a number of ways. Yeah. And so that stuff is not, it does not, she has to be held accountable for that, but it's not like, listen, Heather's a complicated person. So right. I, mean, I don't want to like same. brush it off, but like she's a complicated person. People can hold her accountable or, you know, it's, it's just, she, she expressed, uh, uh, she was definitely upset. She expressed a sense of saying sorry. Did she use the sense of saying sorry to like blanket the specifics of what she did? Sure, but I do believe that she meant it. I yeah. do believe that she learned a lesson. I do believe that she's a different person than she was last year. I do believe that she has an understanding now of like accountability and the ways that some of this stuff won't necessarily go away. And I think she learned from it. I yeah. really do. Yeah, and I and I did it. I really enjoyed the women like giving the space for like, we don't need to do any more on this. You clearly put yourself, you put yourself enough through this. And cause like my only thing was the, like how you included other people that you work with in your, yeah, that's not, it's in like your, an HR, like, it's a real HR shit. And that, like lying to investigators. Yeah. It's a, it's a real, from that, get out real of what you need pickle. to you, get through how you need to get through. And I right. did like appreciate that they were like, we don't need to do anything else. This is, this is enough. That'll do. That'll do like for your thing and, and appreciate that for them with her. Right. And face reality 16, one of many content creators who has posted clips from last season of her saying that Lisa and I mean, the rest of her class is aware of what happened because they were there. And it just, it, it just, you know, to a certain extent, I want to move forward. Yes. But, the, but the part of moving forward is just acknowledging what happened and that that's not okay. It is not okay to accuse someone of participating or being aware of what may have been an incident of physical violence with the knowledge that they were not. That's not okay. And it's not saying I don't also have grace for what you experienced. I'm just saying to do that to production, the crew, the cast, to say that they were aware of a conspiracy involving physical violence is not okay and does in in essence, she's saying her behavior was a joke, like intended to be a joke. It it did not come across that way to literally anyone involved. Andy production, the network, the cast. Yeah. Like with we have an opinion of whether or not it was a joke. Look at the reactions and responses of the other cast members when they were going through this. It was not funny to anyone. And and physical violence, domestic violence, any kind of violence in that way, and it can be emotional. It's just it's it's not funny. People's experiences should be respected. Yes. And 
And that includes Heather, but that includes other people who were intentionally swept into this and did nothing wrong. It's not okay. And it is that. It's It's not okay. Get lost in your own story however you need to get out of, but it is. It's the pulling in of other people into your... Repeatedly. Yes. It's just it's not that's not and that's it's that's not the way. And because uh, I mean, you know, because this is such it's a, such a genuinely as it always should be really serious issue. It crosses out of our like soap opera television stuff into real world stuff for both people and the audience and viewers. And so these kinds of issues and events when they happen are fundamentally different than us arguing about like whose side are we on and like a dumb argument, you know, about how we perceived an event, you know, a storyline. It's yeah. fundamentally different. There's there are serious significant boundaries here when it comes to acts of of violence and, and moments in which members of the cast might be harmed. Yeah. And Heather was harmed in that yes. moment. Like she and it's just ugh, it, it's just Oy vey. It just it's there's it's just so fucking dark. Yep. It really is. But when it comes to like thinking about Heather's behavior elsewhere on the reunion, there was this one fucking monologue that she did where she's like, I don't remember what the question was that Andy posed. Maybe it was like, why can't you get past this? Something like that. And she just listed everything that she alleged Monica did yes. in such a succinct way that i was like she fucking uh, you know improv style she has the ability to communicate at such a high level where i'm just watching moments the first time i watch it the second the 15th where i'm just watching her deliver this stuff and i'm like fuck man you are able to summarize exactly what's going on in a way that is to me incredibly i i understand her perspective when she does that because she's just very skilled in that way and that is a great great quality to have in real life and on the show well and for me it always has been on the show it's sort of like season one heather why i fell in love in the first place her ability to like concisely summarize things directly in a way that does pretty accurately reflect the events or the issue or the perception of a person has always been amazing yeah and in fact it's the heather i love most and it's the like you know if you want to cheerlead people on i'm like that person that that woman that was so smart and fascinating and self-aware, I like the more you can, can get back to that person who isn't battered by the social media, the perception, the fear of the fans or the fear of not being liked, the the that that woman that we fell in love with in the first place. Like the more that she is able to be freed, I get, you know, allowed to flourish. Like that's that's who we fell in love with from day one. Like that yeah. very first episode, I was like, oh, you. Uh, that woman that's being loud over there, like I get, she's like mm-hmm. doing 74 Housewives at once. But you, you are the star of this show. You are fascinating and compelling yeah. and honest and smart and concise and funny. And I also get people who've like reached out and been like, I fucking hate Heather. And I hate, I feel like it's just incredibly hypocritical and maybe histrionic, some of her upset toward Monica. And she's not, uh, you know, Heather is not innocent in all of this and the ways that she was saying to Monica at one point, like, you're not like the victim in all of this. I mean, there is a little bit of, I think, upset about people feeling that Heather is treated like one universally unrelated sort of to the situation that she's just kind of doing her level best and is always doing the best that everything that she does is best. And people are, you know, have some have some feels about that, which I also get. Well, and I mean, I agree. Like my 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 challenge with Heather post season one has always been finding that people that loved her mm-hmm. was like a, such a revelation. I mean, I get that for those of us that have been broken at times or whatever, that feeling of like, oh, people like who I actually am. But I feel like she fears being a villain more than anything else. 
And so sometimes it makes her like attack arguments from the weirdest perspective for me. Does she fear being a villain or does she embrace being seen as the victor? That, but I do think there's a like, I don't ever want to be perceived as the person, as the person who's wrong, as the person who's like, the like the year of like Whitney trying to say like, you just weren't understanding what I'm saying that like Heather sort of seemed to intentionally go around like what Whitney was trying to say, whether she Mm -hmm. agreed with it or not. For me, there's an element of like, I don't want to be the bad guy in a thing. Please don't make me the bad guy. I think there's a difference between being perceived as right and righteous. Mm -hmm. And I do think that Heather believes that she is on like the righteous path. Uh, And I think that can be complicated I think that's why there has been a level maybe of upset in some of the sort of contradictions in the reunion. But then I think Monica's issue is like the literal opposite opposite is that she's attempting to say both I regret my actions and behavior, but I'm tripling down and I've brought a prop, you know, like they're on very, very different paths. I mean, it was the like perfect foils because it's like there's elements of rightness to what you're saying on both sides. And then like elements of wrongness to delivery and how you actually are taking accountability that yeah. that was interesting. And Monica being like, you know, the FBI gave like, me I, a skill set. I mean, it was Liam Neeson and Taken. Like, I have a particular set of skills, but your set of skills is not like camping out with binoculars, making jokes about the fact that this is stalking in video shown at the reunion. I mean, if Monica's upset at somebody, I assume the number one person, honestly, is Tanisha because Tanisha enabled the access to all of this yes. stuff, which buried Monica like she would not she would be able to lie more fully and successfully if there wasn't all of this backup and evidence but also like the the difficulty for Monica is she's trying to say she wasn't having any fun doing this stuff and then we clearly hear and see her having an awful lot of fun and then her behavior at the reunion is like i brought a burn book see isn't all of this fun yeah we don't the the issue is the rest of the cast does not think it's fun (laughs) correct so if you're telling us you don't think it's fun while continuing to try to make it fun that is not going to it's just it was a flop it was a flop for me in that way Uh, yes well it was and also that like and where it's the like if you had taken certain kinds of accountability Yes. Your argument would have been given more taken more seriously. They would have the the cast would have been forced to take it seriously. To at least hear some of the Maybe like forced, what, but, yeah. no, but what uh, but the door would have been open. It would have set it up for yeah. some like fascinating responses and 100%. questions outside of Heather. You yeah. know, there was an element of like that it ended up just between the two of them even though this is about everyone was an element of like you didn't articulate an argument well enough to give anyone else a reason to engage. Well, your argument also was a lie. A lot yeah. of her argument was a lie. I, I re- the FBI thing was bonkers to me. I was oh like, "Oh my god, that was what so a weird funny, reach." Though. I'm so sorry. I laughed, so but I like I guffawed out loud because I was like, "What a bonkers thing to reach for." Poor Andy in that moment, being like, "That does not make sense." Andy and like, did Andy a true gold star for him for yes, this performance? Like, he got. And so weird because, like, you can't do that. You can't hyperbolize, like, obviously falsely if you are trying to get people to take what you're saying as seriously as the truth. Because I think there is some truth in Monica's story. But then that kind of thing allows some people to discredit you entirely. You know, you say one obviously lie 
And then it can discount everything you've said. Well, it's like she's trying to slip back into the mask or maybe try to like reveal. I don't even know. It's it's tough because she's having these moments where she's like, I I did this in the pursuit of justice. But that wasn't really what you're doing when you're parked outside of her house 20 times. You're in the pursuit of information and maybe access that you can use as currency in your text thread. Yeah. Well, and like I, and it, it's, it's a great example of. All things are true, right? There may be an element of what you were doing was about justice for Jen, but also then you got into like enjoying what you were doing and were like having a silly fun time, like you were in an overnight stakeout shoot with your friend. Looking at someone's security footage, I don't care who paid the bill for that. And there are some real questions here if you were willingly doing that or you were just innocently putting it in her name. But like, why would this person be asking you to do that? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's right. there's so much there when it comes to like the account being made that I don't think we'll ever understand. But watching that, I mean, when you look at that crepe scene back. When you look at her reaction, when she realizes, when Lisa realizes in the moment, like, I never said that to you. And you look at that and she realizes, oh, my God, that's something I got from From doing this other thing. Yes. That is just a sort of shocking moment that we have captured because that is just an absolute drag of a flashback. Yeah. And it's also it's an it's an interesting revelation that at a certain point, like, Actually maintaining a lie is really hard. (laughs) You know, like movies and television shows make it seem like lots of people have the ability to like live an untruth Mm -hmm. just like greatly and perfectly. Like it's exhausting on your body, Mm -hmm. on your life, on your, you know, you have to constantly be thinking no conversation is just a talk. Like if I'm sitting down with you and I'm trying to like hide a lie of our life here in the office, mm-hmm. I am like 10% of my brain is still thinking about that lie that I have to maintain the entire time that I engage with you. Mm-hmm. That's also exhausting and draining on an epic level. And it leads to like, oh, no, I said a thing that I shouldn't be able to say because I've been watching this woman's life as my personal reality show at home on my computer, maybe. And the other part was like this whole like, why did you sidle on up to Jen to begin with? I mean, I get, you know, the fact that wanting to join Housewives is not a crime. I did LOL at Lisa Barlow being like, no, the real crime is, you know, not telling us. And it's like, no, sweetie, like that's still not a literal crime. What Andy, I think right. it's his say. point it's is like, that this is not Jen did crimes. Jen like, did crime crime. Monica did this is like socially offensive to you personally. Right. <laughs> that is not equivalent. <laughs> double down i was the, like queen queen energy but actually i feel like this is where these go together a little bit right the like one i the like sidling up to jen as like someone who like doesn't have access to this world i'm reminded of how many women that are now housewives at some point appeared in the background of a party Real somewhere housewives. like acting like there aren't many many women in many of the cities where that shoot these shows who haven't been angling for shots on totally. these shows i mean in my personal opinion angie h fully made her husband lie about a fake Instagram account so that it wouldn't ruin her chances of being a housewife. Because she created it, you Th- mean? That's my allegedly theory. Oh my God, I hope for that for her. That, I hope that her husband wasn't doing it. I, I, I hope like, for her that she did it. I just don't I believe, for, for me, I could not buy in any universe that that man was sitting at home like scrolling oh a Finsta. God. I don't know, I believe it, which <laughs> is what's so cringe about their relationship. But either way, that is what people were willing to do yeah. for access and proximity and whatever to get. Mm-hmm. So like getting close to someone and becoming their assistant for access. I don't think that in the, in the early days there was any world in which she thought I'm going to be a housewife, but maybe I'll be on the show as a friend and whatever. Many people have done things in the same world of that with someone associated with housewives. Now the after where it spiraled to, right? That's where I think 
her spiral into what I did on the journey to becoming a housewife sort of complements Heather's spiral once I said the thing about the black eye, right? You start with a thing that doesn't seem unreasonable. And then the things that you continue to do past it, Mm. you are stuck in a whirlwind that suddenly you're in a hurricane where you started with like a little breeze. Do we follow? Yeah, but the difference here is that Heather's response and actions and motivations was based on, I think, defensive behavior versus Monica, which was like very much it's planned and predatory. Yes, yeah, totally. But that's what. But I just mean from the kernel of like something can start as a small thing and end up huge where you didn't start it because like Monica's original. I like was an assistant, befriended somebody on their way up somewhere is like. That's not bonkers to me. Yeah, that's true, and it is being characterized in a way, of, like, like from the a day one, predatory behavior in a that way that you had like, like this Tom Ripley. Yes. Yeah, it is a little that like it, it started from Tom there, Ripley. and it I don't believe that it was like yeah. I knew from day one with four kids, having just like had my family exploded, whatever. I'm going to be a housewife. Like I just don't think that level of coherent plan like started from the day that like <gasps> I'm friends with this woman who's going somewhere. Oh my God, now I need to rewatch. I mean, one of the one of my favorite movies, honestly, when I think about talented oh, Mr. Yes, Ripley, absolutely. Unbelievable. Yes. Unbelievable. The I want to do a rewatch post Saltburn because I was like, oh, there's so many elements. Oh, there's of this. a good one. Yeah. I mean, apologies to Saltburn, but like talented Mr. Ripley's where it's at. Yeah. Saltburn it, could never. It was like, but I was like, oh, I realized I haven't seen Talented Mr. Ripley since the year it came out. And I like, oh my God, no, I feel like at one point, remember when we used to like watch TV where it wasn't like streamers or Uh like HBO is now a streamer in an app. I, I it was always on TV. I think it was like always on HBO or something oh, else. And I, every time it was on, I was like, oh, I guess we're watching. You know, it's I don't even have a choice in the matter. I just have to watch it. It was in the era too when like Jude Law was the matinee idol for me of like God, all time. Like, it was like he that looked like a beautiful Grecian gigolo, God. Like from there to the holiday, like that era of Jude Law, where it was just like you look like you belong in every era. Like oh you God. were sculpted. Oh. And the funny stories that time period where he like was out like enjoying the sun and Italy and tanning and whatever and poor Matt Damon's like stuck in a like no exposure to light oh, like yeah, eating his chicken like, breast like and, yes yeah. <laughs> for the like oh my god it's just I could not oh and I'm I think I'm going to I've never been to Italy before which is like such an lol <gasps> and also I'm Italian so I think that should be a free trip uh, yeah it's, don't they just provide that with citizenship I mean they have those I don't towns have Italian citizenship where but they I have will... spiritual Italian citizenship right. I've seen every episode of Real Housewives of New Jersey be like and so therefore you should at least be able to go see joe so i haven't gone yet and i still need to do like a serious trip because my family's from luca and you know is it, is it really everybody freaks out about luca when i say luca everybody freaks i like out. riding my bike around the wall of the town oh, and luca was like great i, I backpacked you. by myself hate you as a young girl um <laughs> and like spent a day there it was in the rain i also knew that for, like it was raining i had like the wall of the city to myself and it's this like beautiful town it is i made it so obviously know. like it's your people i mean i would expect nothing They're less office. yeah They're i feel like that the, you need a satellite clothes location i truly in do. luca so i still have i have a friend of mine who's um shout out paula who absolutely is not listening to this podcast who i absolutely love who uh and good for her by the way um so she's sicilian <laughs> and i've like sort of enforced to her and said like it when we do an italy trip or when you next do an italy trip like i'm coming with you yes. because she is the best single she's like the single greatest person i've ever met in my life but also like she has such a knowledge of things she has her master we don't need to give her linkedin but she has like her master's like, oh 
I forget our history, like tapestry and stuff. Like she's yes. just, and I'm the one that like walks to the painting. I'm like, ooh, pretty. Okay, bye. Like uh-huh. I think they feel this over my. I don't know. Perfect. Like, yep. So anyway, so like I do have plans to go to Italy at some yeah. point because I need to have my like talented Mr. Ripley. You do. Do you need to do Venice? Do you need to do Luca? Yes. But so I was gonna go to LA for the VPR premiere party. <gasps> yes. Because I was like, ooh, cheap flight and whatever. And then it's like you start to add up those numbers. I'm like, I can't afford to do this. Right. And then I started to feel guilt because I was like, wait, but I could like get you know in stories for like ags but i was like can't afford to do this yep then i realized because this is how um financial spending works this is how Uh this Uh is hashtag girl math i could go to europe for the same price february yeah as as la yes so like choosing between the two is not hard so my friend greg is going to rome because he travels Mm. all over the place so he's in south africa now living his best life then he's going to go to rome so we are going to meet in rome for a couple days and just live our best lives i don't know anything about rome i i need to go to venice i need to go to florence i need to do that but for this trip i just said i have you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I will solicit recommendations from AGs. They've already helped me with some other recs. Um, I, I just am going to like hang out and fucking love Rome, which isn't totally a talented Mr. Ripley experience because that's a different part of Italy. But this is a talented Madame Galley experience. Yeah, it is. Also, when are you going? So I, I haven't bought my flight okay. yet because I thought I did, but I did something wrong with Air France. Although, honestly, I would argue that it's Air France's fault that they, I didn't know that I had a credit card on file and it turns out that card is expired, but you, they're supposed to ask me to confirm the card. They never did. They just like, oh, they just confirm my booking, but not the card. And now I can't, it, it's a whole thing. It does not, it does not matter, but it's a t- allegedly being troubleshooted by Air France because the price of the flight has gone up. So I'm going to bookend Rome. So I'm going to do Paris, which is my favorite place in the world. Yes. Fourth trip. Yes. Love, 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 love it. Start in Paris, then go to Rome, then go back to Paris. Uh, end of February, beginning of March. But I don't know that it's going to happen. It, it, okay. And I, things we, change at every... And I don't know what's going to happen. Sure. I don't know. Nothing has been confirmed. Yep. Well, we yes, it is. It's definitely happening. I mean... The, we're know. putting that reality into the universe. Yeah. I went... because like On after, a budget, by yeah, the way. Because uh, well, you can do... But that's what I was going to say. zero dollars and sit by the Zen and like live the best life you'll yes. ever have in your and life. And Italy's the same way because the, in my early like professional life, every time we finished a big project, like after my first big national tour, after our series premiered, I would go backpacking by myself, but on like $40 a day, like including hostel and food, like for the day as a, as a very- How long ago was this? $40 including the hostel? Yeah. This was 2008. 2009. Okay. And then and then in Italy, we were going on a cruise out of Rome. And so I bookended <gasps> with like four days in Rome before the cruise. Um, and then I stayed for three weeks by myself afterwards. And that was Shut like 50, up. 50, 60 dollars a day. That. But like hostels all the way through Italy yeah. because like it's a high quality experience. And like you get lovely croissants in the morning. You eat at like these little homestyle restaurants at night. A croissant in Italy? Um, no, I'm sorry. Oh, Paris. <laughs> like, yes, we're okay. mixing and matching. <laughs> the... They're like, yeah, don't you know those famous Italian croissants? <laughs> croissants. Like all of my favorite people in Los Angeles order oh them. A God. croissant. <laughs> the Blake's a Francophile. And and so oh, I am too. My, and I love it. But also I make my French accent worse and worse and worse for the irritation to him. So I just eventually end up sounding like the Aflac duck. Like I'm like, oh, wah, wah. Like, God, I love it. Um, but I did like three weeks in Italy by myself. 
and just moved through like major cities. So like stayed in Florence for a week, but then did like day trips to mm. Pisa and Lucca and then moved to Milan and did day trips to like Padua and then Venice. But you can do Italy really cheaply for everybody listening at home. You can still have a wonderful high-end experience because the food is so great. So much is walkable. And I had five days in Rome, like went to the Borghese Gardens. Like you wander down the little streets, find a little restaurant with no name over the thing. And somebody's Nona is making dinner tonight. Well, I'm going to solicit Rex from AG's because I asked the hotel that I usually stay in at one of the hotels, It the price went up and I'm like, it just went up way too much. Yeah. I'm like, absolutely not. So I asked for Rex and I got so many Rex from AG's, which is so helpful. So I will share those on social, <laughs> but I'm also going to be asking like, what's your favorite? Yeah, yes. And also hotels for Italy. I'm very, I feel like, I don't know. I'm going to well, pretend the timing of this lands with AG 500 where it's like, yeah, you yes, celebrate. But like, absolutely. I don't know. I just need to get out of Dodge. But also there's nothing better than crowdsourcing like highlight experiences because yes. everybody's like combination, combined knowledge of like, if you like this, do this. I love that. I love hearing from people what. Honestly, AGs genuinely have great taste. That's why I keep coming back. <laughs> like they're <laughs> lovely to me. Well, I do. I've said it many times. You know, I love the way you talk about the things we love. The balance of the like real seriousness of what it says about us as people, as our culture and society, but also the fun of like this popcorn soap operas that we watch like that balance is my favorite kind of audience member for bravo you know mm. those of us that enjoy both the real real impact stuff and also the like this is ridiculous nonsense like that we can have both and it's why it's so much fun to share with you thank you and i love when you're on the pod and i do just have to ask so monica is on pause yeah they're using that specific interesting language yes um do you what are your thoughts on her being fired for now maybe or forever possibly what are your thoughts on that and um do you want her to come back the i was disappointed like it's back to her like over hyperbolizing right like saying i told production this they definitely knew to me that was sort of the nail in the coffin right now more that definitely seemed like the vp the production company as they've talked about the fear of the audience thinking that they knew the whole time some of that perception i am concerned about go this series going back to shoot this quickly like yes allegedly I, early february, february 5th two new is housewives the date, allegedly which great but i feel like we're still so hotly in this feeling but listen vanderpump it, rules do the same yes but, but that was like important for us to see the fallout yeah, of that's true that's true that's a good point this group take if, a, take if a moment. she's not coming back i would yeah. rather hear them not talk about it you know like go on with your lives if she's not going to be a part of the like fallout reconciliation then fighting rushing? then what's the hurry is my a little bit. If we had her, I'd be like, let's shoot right away. Make Mary earn her paycheck and shoot with her. Drag mm -hmm. Whitney in halfway through the season to befriend her. Take the Scandaval approach where sometimes people's first scenes back with you are just fights with you. Mm -hmm. Not like we have to be great, yeah. get along to have a cast to do our work. But without her, I would I would I would love to have had a breath, I think. I'm hopeful for them. And two new housewives, all new blood, great. But I'm a little worried about the two weeks in. I would not have hated a friend of experience for Monica for to see some of these conversations individually, maybe to see what the women have to say now that they've fallen out. But now that we're not, then close the book and move on. So circling back to that production. Yeah. I can't believe that that was included in the reunion. I, know. I was shaken by it. No, I wasn't like against it. I was like right. very into it, but I was surprised that production that we, allowed it. Yeah. What do we think about that? Because I, you know, like if you if you go off of what the women believe, they are relying on Monica telling the truth, right? Because it's according to Monica. Monica says that casting was aware that she apparently started with that or included it. I don't know how that would come up. Of like, hey, just going through the checklist, are you behind a troll account? Or if she was like, just as an FYI, relating to my work relationship with Jen. 
do you think that production knew? I really don't. I, I, because for me, right, if I'm producing this series and I know anything close to the truth of that. Now, if you said, oh, I've done some like online blogging, you know, of course, I've been like commenting in the Bravo universe kind of thing where I'd be like, oh, whatever, that's fine. Who, who hasn't? Who doesn't? I, as a producer, would not be willing to risk that coming up that way or I would have forced it out way earlier. Do you think that Monica truly believed that it would inevitably come out? No. I think that was a wonderful, like, after... I think that's the way, and that's where her experience and how she handles conflicts and things is, like, own anything. I mean, once you've had to own, you had an affair with a brother, brother brother-in-law, you know, those kind of things, then, like, yes, I did it, is is the thing. I don't... I'm sure you live with the fear of, but I don't think it was like, I definitely know this is going to come out. Because if you do, I don't know how you don't get ahead of it. Well, that's the thing. If she thought it was going to come out, why not take control of it? She took control of so many. Yes. That was one of many great points that Andy made of like, wait, but you were so honest and forthright with all of this other stuff. If you knew it was going to come out, first off, why try to skirt it when it actually does? But also... Why not get on top of it? Like pick the person you connect with the most as we start this and be and and choose the perfect moment to like share the story. You know, get it out. I'd be like deflate the thing quickly. That's easy to say on this. I don't know if I'm carrying that kind oh, of big burden I mean, that I'd be like, yes, obviously, I think I'm going to sit down and say, I brought you here, Sarah, today to tell you that actually I've been doing a Reddit thread trolling Andy's girls for five years. Uh, like <laughs> what, you know? Yeah. I think it's an easy hindsight. But no, I think it was a defense. The ownership can be a defense as well, Lisa Renna. You know, at a certain point, you can just own things to the point that it's not doing anything to own them. And I think that was just a reaction. Oh, I always knew it would come out. What else do you say? Oh, I hoped it wouldn't. Also, sidebar, yeah. I just started rewatching the other night the um, Chateau trip for <laughs> Beverly Hills. Yes. It's so, Renna is so good when like Teddy is like a mess. Yes. It is, Renna's so good on it and yes. Erica's so good on it. Yes. It's like, a, it's a star vacation yes. for them. I mean, really, you talk really about like great. love, hate, whatever. Kyle flops, Teddy flops. Like Lisa Renna has always understood the job, what the job is. But she was being honestly like human with people and yes. being like, Kyle and Teddy, you literally are not making sense. Yes. Like if Erica's not upset about this, yes. about Farrowine, then like, then you, what are, then why what are, are we why still are we, doing this? You keep telling her she's lying. If she's telling the truth and she's telling you that she's not upset, why are you? trying to tell her that her feelings are a lie like, yes it's your projection anyway um so monica i mean may her memory be a blessing my uh, like my real medium thing is that there are some appealing things about what she brought to television i'm like i'm definitely in the like put her on the traders season three she's gonna be on the traders immediately i think you know there'll be some she does carry with her some tlc energy there is some like yes we, you know, television for women stuff. Yes. Lifetime. I don't know that she's quite there yet, but Not like so much. I, I she does she could carve out some sort of career for herself and um monetize it. I think the traders is probably the best idea strategically, but also like House of Villains, there's other stuff yeah. that she could do. She could just hop between reality TV shows. I would just be concerned for her about becoming notorious because if she wants to come back that will make it tough well and what i would hope though is you know what the like the girls trips have done for some of the housewives like when you put people in a different environment i always use Teresa as Teresa on girls trip oh so good but a fundamentally different Teresa. Teresa. yeah she felt safe on who, that she also felt safe. who i understood why the people who love her love her yeah, she in, great. in real life like why you trip. and dina are friends why yep. the I think there's that opportunity with Monica. I do see underneath the damage of like mother. On girl's trip? 
No, no, I don't no, mean okay, Girls Trip. But I, I just mean no. That. I mean in another <laughs> I would show. Strongly not recommend another that. show, yeah. another environment. Yeah. That like there is a, still an opportunity for her to be more than like the loud fighter, because I enjoyed her in conversation with people when she wasn't flinging as well. But the problem is that she goes to such a guttural, dumb, base level bullshit when she's of when she feels under attack, like the trying to body shame people and call them ugly and say suck a dick. Like, like you need to, when Heather's like spewing like fucking eloquence, she's like going the Shakespeare route, but also some like law and order, boop, 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 boom, like yes. the big boom. You, if if her instinct is to just be like, Baron Buck, and then just flopping with these yes. emotionally unintelligent or just not emotionally unintelligent, emotionally immature stuff. I don't know. I don't know if being on shows that celebrate emotional immaturity, sure, she's going to monetize it. And at the end of the day, like, that's great. But I don't know. Well, my reality star continue to be stunted coaching business commentary would be like, don't do a house of villains type show. Do a show like the traders that is about being smart and relationships where the point is not to fight with people where I think because I do find you personally enjoyable outside of the like screaming match stuff. They, I think you're funny and amusing. So I would advise you that direction. Lean yes. up, Le- rise up. Right. Out of the like, I've owned it all. I've said what I've said. Close the book and like move to a new chapter. Yeah. Lean, and flourish. Lean into the version of Monica that a lot of people enjoy that we want to believe exists yes. and is more important to you than this other stuff. And her social is tough because it's leaning so heavily into Gossip Girl and House of Villains where I'm like, sweetie. And I get, and then people are like, yes, queen. Okay. Got it. Understand. I don't agree, but like, get it. But like she, to me, really genuinely flopped at the reunion. And it was like, it was tough because if she had, if she had gone a different path, I talked about it in the, the spiel recap episode right after watching it of like, you know what? Heather would have fucking hated it. There would have been some shit for the cast to work through. But I do think if she came in in a different way and didn't fall into honestly a trap set and pursued by the rest of the caster of you are only this troll account and yes. nothing more. Yes. You proved their point. Yeah. Like think, think longer, think smarter. Yes. I would have left, come in as her and left room of like, I, once I arrived and actually knew you ladies as women and began to make relationships with you, I was too stuck in this thing. Like there yeah. was a way to say like, I started it for a real reason. I do also see the impact and I, have regret around other things. And then there is room for, you only need one. You just need one. I think she would have had, I think honestly, and I understand Whitney talking about boundaries and some of those boundaries were strengthened and put in place as a direct, when talking about uh, Monica as a direct result of Monica's reunion behavior. So like acknowledging that, I do think if Monica had come in as someone who was genuinely embarrassed, ashamed, remorseful, and still upset about why you're so mad at me, but not Jen. Like she could have carried a lot of the other stuff. She could have still made jokes and whatever else. But if she had just been human and not a caricature and not a troll, if she had been honest when Andy's like, listen, like logging into someone's security system isn't great. Like, you know, stalking people isn't great regardless of how you feel like a breakup should occur which right. is another oive moment if she had just i do think that she would have found some kindness on her couch i do think that 
and it and at least if nothing else some consideration of I hear that people would have listened to her they might not agree with her they might still be upset but she had the platform for people to listen and I think you know but that you have to acknowledge her behavior and a lot of that behavior is just so overwhelmingly toxic and she doesn't want to admit to it because I go to when she gave empathy for Heather right which was a great that moment moment, I was like I have believed that that woman is here I have believed that that woman is in there and if more of that woman had been peppered through this day yeah but also, I don't know. I don't know how you show up for, for a 12-hour day where you know the whole world's against you and have the maturity to, like, stand. And so, I mean, people do what they do. I, it's it's so... Ugh, it just feels, like, so unfortunate to me. But I do recommend reading that um, both, New York the, Magazine. Yes. Both pieces, yeah. the Heather interview and the Monica interview, both of which I'm getting into on the Patreon. So you can read it and or listen to me read it um, and certainly deep dive it because there's a lot there in both pieces but the Monica of it all listen both no one is as good or bad as they appear unless you're Jen Shaw yes and, yeah. and Tom I, fu- I fully and agree Tom Girardi yes and some other people Russell Armstrong I mean like yeah. we, we can't go through the list but like but there is a difference between like fundamental evil behavior that yes. was terrible actually negative and horrible in its impact on other people and the nuance of human, human interaction I do yes. think Monica has the capacity to change. She has to want to, and she has to deal with the consequences of that. And maybe for our purposes, she doesn't need to. Maybe she feels like, I don't owe that to anyone. What are you giving me? And in uh, in response, she's she's just fired. Well, my grace to her would be if she would deal with the action, if she would continue processing through the obviously really complicated trauma in her family life. That also impacts how she engages Mama Rose. with it engages with other people. Mama Rose, like I would say, I can't, I cannot relate, and the and that was evidently horrifying for all of us on display and explains some of your behavior. But as an adult, it's go work through that stuff for you, and I think that will have an impact on how you engage with other people as well. And part of the issue with like generational trauma is that a person can. Um, experience and be able to communicate trauma that they've gone through, maybe with a family member, maybe with a parent. But it's it's really hard not to fall into a cycle of repeating aspects of it. Yeah. And a big part of that is like honesty about your actions. Because remember how it felt when you felt like you were being gaslit and lied to by someone who wasn't owning up to the ways that they hurt you. Yeah. Like we're, you know, it's that's that's tough too. Like breaking the cycle is not as easy as just saying I'm going to behave differently. It's like in the moment when you find yourself doing things that maybe you're not proud of or or understanding that other people feel a way that might feel familiar to you. Yeah. Just kind of taking a well, beat. Well, because it's knowing that knowing your trauma is one thing, undoing the defense mechanisms so that hard. were necessary to survive it that then are unhealthy when they are turned into other situations. I mean, I definitely have things I'm still working on and through, you know, and whatever and how I engage with people. Like That's the hardest stuff. But I would hope that that journey for her leads her to the thing that would make it possible for people to engage with her differently in the future. And maybe she, I mean, if had there been no Jen, maybe hearing someone who seemed to delight in like accessing a person's information and life differently would have been received differently for better or worse. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not, I'm not saying that as like in a good way. I'm just saying it in like a way of like how toxicity is viewed and valued. But hopefully 
maybe she feels this and maybe there's like shame underneath. I, I would just hope that at a certain point she has an understanding that like tracking people's movements, driving by their homes, viewing security footage, delighting in that, it, just crossing those lines, regardless of why you think you're doing that is is not okay. Yeah. That's not acceptable the, behavior. That's you, not healthy behavior for you or the other person. That you have moved far beyond the world of like seeing who who watched your stories today. We, like the, we can't just wrap that up in a pursuit of justice because yeah. where's the justice for an understanding of like boundaries do exist. Right. And also that that's like professional people's jobs to pursue crimes. Like that is Yeah, get so a private investigator of, yes. to see if Jen yes. is putting Or let the FBI Merlo do their the job seat. when they didn't recruit you. So like let them, they have people for that. Shout out to the FBI, I guess. I'd mean, be like, hey, I mean, I assume they're listening. I would assume there's at least a few. Oh my God, I would love that. I would. I bet there is. I mean, you have a huge and wide and fascinating audience. I'm sure there's somebody who's like enjoyable relief from like doing the hard work of pursuing hardened criminals. Uh, it's like, I love this little delightful tete-a-tete that is the Andy Girls experience. Can you imagine being a part of like the NYPD or Homeland Security or FBI or whatever that day and being like, okay, showing up to the office, like who are we arresting today? And it's like, okay, you have to go to this beauty lab and laser and like look for a van. And like, like the story of that day. There's the, like, going to be what? cameras. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, it's like I was pitching the other night to someone, you know, the the, uh, the off-brand Bravo shows that I want. Ooh. Like, can you imagine the three-part miniseries, the three-part episode of like the FBI team like going to do this? Oh my God, we should be so lucky. Ryan Murphy, if you're listening. Because my other like Peacock Digital show that now I want is Glam. That's just the perspective of major functions on Housewives. Glam by Pam. From the perspective of the Glam team. Yes. Like, oh, well, they all go to dinner in Dubai. This was the like process of the Glam teams, like getting everyone ready and then like going out on their own in the town while everyone's like doing a three hour dinner somewhere. Would love it. Because before, you know, when they used to pretend like we didn't pay professionals to travel with us all the time to make mm -hmm. sure we looked amazing. Now that it's really a part of the show, I really I would love a like half hour digital that was just like the teams, you know, like a six episode yeah. half hour episodes from BravoCon of just like the glam people everywhere. He's not a member of her glam team, but I am going to have to insist that every time Sutton is on Watch What Happens, Avi needs to bartend. Uh, obviously. His yes. energy is obviously. so obviously. Uh -huh. His energy is so funny. He's genuinely has such a good sense of humor and their their dynamic is so funny to yes. me. I love it. Uh, same. I love and it. I love the playfulness it shows from her too. Like I enjoy yeah. the like high end banter that is mm -hmm. their relationship. Totally agree. Yeah. Listen, Emerson Collins, I could talk to you all day. I'm <laughs> so thankful you made the schlep. I don't know if you guys know, but I moved into the cloth or brought a sleeping bag. I'm not leaving. Like I'm going to be here for AG 1000. Love it. That'll I will be tomorrow. still be here. We're almost there. <laughs> no, we are. Also, I didn't say, but huge congratulations. Thank I have you. said before, but being one of the true OGs of creating the additional content in the Bravo universe, you're a leader and an inspiration and in providing us a place to converse and share and think about how we feel about these delightfully weird and complicated people we love. Thank you so much. That's so kind of you. I'm so appreciative. And I do just want to say, because I mentioned this on um, uh, Instagram today, that it's like, important to acknowledge the people who inspire you, especially if they LOL have existing work, because oftentimes you're like inspired by something. But if you don't credit someone for yes. the work that inspires you, that's like kind of shitty behavior to me. Yes. And I completely overlooked in addition to the fact that wanted to, you know, start a podcast, wasn't sure what in the convos that were um, a part of AG 500, a two part clip, clip, clip spectacular, that hey. the show that really inspired me and 
many ways that was like very special to me was Bitch Sesh. Of so course. I haven't listened to it since starting Andy's Girls because like many Bravo podcasters, I don't want that to um, subconsciously influence my opinion or direction of conversations. And it was a big part of my life. It was just really uh, it was a great just a rewarding, positive um, show that, you know, contributed to my life. So I do want to acknowledge like the true OGs of the Bravo universe, Danielle and Casey, because they certainly inspired me to start AG. And I would encourage that if you are influenced by something and you want to start your own version of it or go down that path, it's, I think, important and rewarding to say to those people, thank you for inspiring me. And also ideally use that same platform to like acknowledge that like this didn't start out of nothing there was someone already here doing the work yeah like they they really were a big part of that so i want to thank them and maybe one day they'll come on ag that would be great i love that and they should and absolutely but you're right yes yeah and and but also in what all of we do like nothing very few things we can make are spawned full cloth out of nowhere is a wheel and 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 sharing your inspirations too is a fun part of like yeah knowing what you're creating and i love that yeah um um, Emerson, I died for you. This was so fun to record. Oh it my is God. truly my great delight. You can't see it at home, but I'm just grinning from ear <laughs> to ear for how much fun this is and always. Oh my God. And guys, excuse me, I'm co- it's because I'm verklempt. That's what it is. If yes. I don't have a little mm-hmm. bit of cough. Um, I am going to be posting on social your Rex first. <laughs> still hotels in Paris and Rome and food stuff, but I haven't got my ticket yet. So I don't want to like, ju- you know, knock on table. Yeah, I don't want to, you know, jump too far, but I would uh, love it. And I will certainly share those. Um, and, uh, and thanks to everybody for being a part of this journey. If you're an OG of the AG or a recent listener or someone who started listening during the Scandaval, I'm so thankful that you're here. And this is not the kind of show that is uh, attempting to say my, opinion or voice or perspective is the right one. I acknowledge it's not the only one. It absolutely should not be the only one. But to just say that it's just people connecting with each other and talking about this thing that means a lot to us in a lot of different ways. And so thank you for your understanding of that and hopeful, you know, interest and enjoyment and listening to it. And thanks to the AG Patreon supporters. There is that new Patreon episode going up this weekend where I do read both the Variety and New York Magazine piece, share your satchels of gold responses to it, deep dive into some of my thoughts because they were chock-a-block, like the great piece, really, 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 really well done. So shout out to um, Kate and Louie for their work on that and so much more. You can listen to those bonus episodes at the Patreon. Number one way to support the pod at patreon.com slash Scrolls. Follow me on Instagram and threads at Dame Galley. Emerson Collins, tell the people where they can buy tickets to your show, where they can follow you on social, all that and more. Hello, friends. Uh, please, if you're in New York City or the area, the 75-minute one-act play that I'm proud of producing is called Wounded. Wounded. <laughs> wounded. 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 It's a wounded. <laughs> wounded. It is running at the Soho Playhouse. The tickets are at SohoPlayhouse.com. I will be at every show through Sunday and the show runs through February the 11th. Find me on the socials, Instagram and threads at Emerson Collins. I'm doing threads. We're doing threads, we're doing right? Threads. It's we're happening. doing threads. I'm actually, we love threads. It's fine. I'm a supporter of threads. Yeah, we're doing it. And thank you for having me. 
Oh my God. So great. And also just a little sidebar that one of the images I put up for in celebration of AG 500 is a graphic that includes every guest who's been on AG for I wanted one to 500. That's what Dylan Hafer said. See? I honestly maybe will maybe make one. An exclusive run. I maybe should do Everybody that. also let Sarah know that you would fully buy a 500 t-shirt. <laughs> I with everyone's know. names on it. I don't know. And then wear it to BravoCon and get people to sign it. The issue with the merch, uh, and we really truly have to put this up to bed, is that like for creators, the cost of getting the merch designed, yes. you get for, it's important to have merch for, which I, there is a link in my, um, in my Instagram bio, if you want to get uh, former designed iterations of AG shirts and other stuff. But like for T-shirts, I don't know how much they sell them for maybe like $15, $20. You get like maybe $2 from that. Yeah. So it's like it's it's something for people to have and enjoy. But it's it does not enable the show to continue. That's yes. where the Patreon. No, this in. would be like, a, yes, please always be a Patreon supporter. That is the real money that makes all of this possible here in the office. No, this would be like a vanity T-shirt run of like, hey, this was fun one. I would love to do. I just don't know that I can afford to get that made. So like, you, I would do, love you to do. already do so I'm much. Doing a lot. Please I'm don't doing do that. <laughs> I just love it. Okay, thank you. Okay, um, bye. We love t-shirts. We stand t-shirt culture. Guys, thanks so much for listening, and we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.